The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Hello, everybody. It's your debt-collecting raccoon man, <laughs> Bruiser Holden McNeely. There you go. That's. I think that's. <laughs> That's all we're going to do. That's the end of the episode. Yeah, it's going to be this the whole time. Jake's going to talk like that. I'm going to do an I'm going to do an episode to no one. All right, I won't do that. <laughs> and of course, we're talking about Animal Crossing, the I think I was just saying this, but I don't think the new game could have come out at a better time, I think we need to do what? this no, episode. No, no, there's no timeliness. There's not. It's chill vibes, Holden. It's, it's chill. chill it's normal. It's cool. I'm new in town. Hey, what's going on? Oh, there's a coffee house. I found an entire skull of a Tyrannosaurus Rex in my backyard. Easy peasy, govern easy. It's cool. Hey, I'm friends with the mayor. I might be the mayor. I don't know. Whatever I want. It's Animal Crossing. We're chill. We're mm-hmm. chill, man. We're yeah, chill. Yeah, nothing horrible is happening right now. It's nothing horrible is ever going to happen, man. It's <laughs> fine. But, uh, yeah, I, I will say um, uh, I picked up my very first Animal Crossing with New Horizons on the Switch, and I totally get it. I totally get it. It is. It is. In fact, I was getting frustrated at a different video game last night, and Lexi was like, can you please play Animal Crossing? Can you please play Animal Crossing? He's like, there's just no way to get annoyed at that game for them. You know what I mean? Like, I, it is such a chilled out, fun experience. It is there to make you bliss out. It is, it is just built in this way, which is so funny. And we'll talk about the history of it, but it's based on a really difficult, traumatic move in a man's life, a very like stressful situation out of that came this incredibly enjoyable, relaxing experience. I think to me, what this game represents is kind of the miracle that is modern Nintendo. The fact that this weird company that we've covered a bunch of times, you know, playing card company, Kyoto, the whole shebang, that just has this toy-like understanding of video games and its own corporate culture and its own unique way of producing uh, games that just... You can't and the money and resources to make these weird concepts as fully realized and immersive as possible. That's what's like blows my mind that even the weird side projects still have the freedom to iterate and like delay and just become these novel experiences that will stick with you for your entire life. It's Mm -hmm. I I loved Animal Crossing Wild World, which was the DS version. Uh We've talked about our love for the Nintendo DS on many occasions, but I had that game just always nearby. And whether it was a commute, a long journey or just a just a chance to de-stress after a painful time or an awkward era. I've had many awkward eras, Holden. I'm like uh, Madonna. I like evolve into new forms of awkwardness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just always just been a bedrock, reliable comfort. And I'm kind of amazed that we get to talk about it because... You know, it's it's not it's not it's it doesn't have the cool like John Carmack kind of uh you know, it doesn't have the story of doom. It doesn't have the mad lads of 
uh, Grand Theft Auto. This is just a deeply personal game that was given freedom to flourish and found an audience at the exact right era that it needed to. Uh huh. Also, I like fishing. It's like one of the best fucking fishing games ever. I just yeah, love- it's it's got it's it's yeah every every little. Uh, game mini game, I guess you could call them. Every little little activity has a, just a nice simplicity and joy to it, uh, the, and and it's it is also incredibly rewarding in this way t- as well. Where I just I I also just love that I, I'm not um I there there are two different approaches. There are the time travelers, and there are the the I guess we'll just say the honest vin- Americans. The honest Americans. I know there's a big rift in the scene about it and everything, but I like the fact that this game essentially releases you from its clutches at a, at a point every day, unless you do the time traveling. I enjoy the fact that I'm like, my time with Animal Crossing is done. I had a lovely little session, and now mm-hmm. it's done, and I'm ready to move on to something else, and tomorrow I'll pick it back up. And I, I think that's great. I, I personally really appreciate that. For sure. The use of time, the way that the game is kind of staggered out with little holidays and events and special visiting characters, all tied to specific times of day, specific seasons, specific days of the week, really, it stands out in a way that, you know, up until the era of the MMO, there was really no comparison. Mm -hmm. And just that novelty of opening it up for the first time each new day you play and seeing what new thing you come across is so addictive. And the way that it's become a hype monster in the world of gaming inside and out is so um, incredible. Playing this with my fiance, there are moments where she is so hyped up and like screaming with energy because of like a cute outfit that fell from the sky or like a Mm. new item appears in the store. The same way that like the FGC community would like get hyped for a new character announcement, you know, like. The way that it kind of translates the joy of video games for people that, like, maybe aren't into the other, you know, what has dominated the world of gaming up until uh, this point in a lot of ways. God, it feels, it's so weird being vague about this because we, we're trying to talk about, like, it's a game, but it's 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 an experience. It is <laughs> a you, social simulation. I mean, it can be. It can be a very, uh, you know, it can be a very social kind of experience. It can be a communication tool. With your friends, or it can be, you can be like a weird little hermit that just kind of walks around your solo animal town, and you can just be the only human in a world full of kind of just friendly little beasts. So did you play the original one, or or was Wild World your entry? Uh, Wild World was my entry, and the we'll get into the development of the original Animal Crossing for GameCube momentarily, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> We've been gushing for a second, but... It was always this curiosity, you know, Nintendo has these like weird kind of games like uh, Captain Rainbow or like, uh, what's it, Dokujin the Giant, all these like kind of one-off experimental kind of things that you just kind of like nod your head and go like, oh yeah, that's uh, technically that was a Nintendo game, but then you don't really think about it. And Animal Crossing, I think, is the one that kind of dominated from the, you know, uh, you know, Pikmin never really like became a global force. But uh-huh. Animal Crossing did, mm-hmm. and there's, there's, and I think it's just because it swerved so much away from what a video game could be mm-hmm. that it did, and we'll get into why it did that swerve. Fuck, I guess we got to get into it. And I think also it, a big part of it is that it was both a draw for men and women, and and for older people too, as well as kids. There's something about it that just brings in all different types. And I think that they, as they went on, they realized that and they even adjusted the game to be even more open to both men and women and was one of those big crossover hits gender-wise, one of those big crossover hits age-wise. And uh, one thing, we will, I, what I will be ending on personally is a bit of a exploration into how it is helpful for adults who have anxiety, for adults who have depression, for because for, it, it, it actually does very specific things 
to help with specifically those issues. And yes, we will, of course, talk about that as well. So let's talk about it. The social simulation game developed and published by Nintendo, where you play as a human who lives in a village of anthropomorphic animals in which you do tasks like fishing, bug catching, and fossil hunting, as you also do things like furnish your house. Another big element is the real-time mechanic in that the passage of time in-game reflects that of the real world, to the point where I'm like, fuck, I don't want it to always be nighttime in my game world, so I'm actually drawn to trying to play the video game earlier in the day, which is hilarious, because I can barely make that happen because I sleep in too late and I'm generally a piece of shit. Uh, So... Here we go. Uh, You have to bring up this man's name in order to start talking about Animal Crossing. That would be Katsuya Eguchi, born in 1965 in Tokyo. He grew up in the Chiba Prefecture in Japan, and he started working at Nintendo in 1986 doing promotional artwork. And this was a huge move for him as he was going from Chiba to Kyoto, where Nintendo's headquarters were located. And he was alone in a new town, away from his friends and family for the first time. And uh, he was, quote, so lonely when I arrived in Kyoto. Chiba is east of Tokyo and quite a distance from Kyoto. And when I moved there, I left my family and friends behind. In doing so, I realized that being close to them, being able to spend time with them, talk to them, play with them, was such a great, important thing. And uh, in a way, I get it, though, because as stressful as it is to move to a new town, I remember personally there was this summer between freshman year and sophomore year of college. I moved into a new apartment. It was a dope apartment. It was, it was for the, I was getting out of the dorms and I was, I found myself by myself for the first time and may, and it reminds me a little bit of that vibe of animal crossing. All I had was one chair and a TV that was sitting literally on the floor and an air mattress. But there was something so joyous about that time because it was just, it was like, I was, it was a new start for me. And it was, but, and I was meeting these random like neighbors and stuff and hanging out with them, but we were all just sort of getting to know each other for the first time. And I do remember being so at peace during that time because I didn't have all these social systems built up. I didn't have all these obligations and things. It was just me one over, over one summer, like watching television, getting outside, taking walks and, and getting to know a couple of new people for the first time. It was so peaceful. So I actually get how as stressful as it sounds to move to a new place there is a weird interesting piece to it and i think he played into that with animal crossing in a huge way one of the things that animal crossing does in terms of like uh that sense of moving to a new place that i find fascinating is that having the design choice to have it be an animal village filled with all these eccentric kind of oddly dressed creatures with very unique ways of speaking they usually have a specific vocal tick a weird uh, obsessive hobby and you know you're just kind of like stumbling across them and they're not human they're these curious little creatures and then as you see them every day and as you talk to them more you know depending on whether or not you want to bully them until they move or you want to keep them and you end up like becoming friends with them it's that's how people in an you know when you move to a new place that's how you kind of get to know your neighbors and your friends. At first, there are these, like, curious oddities that you're kind of, like, you don't really see them as people just yet. Right, right, totally. And then, over time, like, you can't live without them. It's it's kind of brilliant. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I think about it all the time. Another big inspiration during his move to Kyoto for Animal Crossing was how he related with his family through video games. Iguchi said, I'd always get home really late and my family plays games and would sometimes be playing when I got home. And I thought to myself, they're playing games and I'm playing games. We're not really doing it together. I'd be, it'd be nice to have a play experience where even though we're not playing at the same time, we're still sharing things together. So this was something that the kids could play after school and I could play when I got home at night and I could kind of be part of what they were doing while I wasn't around. And at the same time, they get to see things I've been doing. It was kind of a desire to create a space where my family and I could interact more, even if we weren't playing together, which I think is a really interesting concept. So with all these lofty ideals, though, it kind of was interesting that the way this idea was sold to Nintendo was just a way to utilize a novel piece of technology that was going to be in their upcoming uh, N64 disk drive, the N64DD, the famous peripheral that... Failed to deliver on all of its promises and never made it to America. We've definitely talked about the 64DD, Jake, Mm -hmm. right? And this is, 
So this is back when you had the Sega CD and the 32X. Oh no, and- this was this was uh, Nintendo was losing their lunch because they st- decided to stick with cartridges. Yeah, uh, because they thought audiences would wouldn't like uh, the the th- load times. They thought load times would be too cumbersome. For gamers, I guess this came after all all the Sega stuff, but still, what I what I mean to say is that it was a time when we like there were a lot of at- failed attempts at peripherals, a lot of failed attempts at oh, you already own the console, well, we're gonna sell you a, just a giant chunky connector to the console that you will add to it and and expand on it, and these never worked. They all they always failed. And this was uh, their version of it, which is a yeah a disk drive that you attach to the N64, and uh, this would give Aguchi what he needed, which was a real time clock in order to get his concept across. But unfortunately, it was heavily delayed, terribly messaged, and led to its cancellation. So this is where things get interesting because yeah. uh, in the original game. Uh, Animal Crossing was actually supposed to, the game that was initially pitched to Nintendo was supposed to be kind of this sweeping kind of MMO experience where kind of the village aspects, you know, the the shops, the town, the, the resource gathering served secondary to a interactive kind of RPG, like a full on RPG where players had to like work together and complete dungeons and go on raids and defeat big monsters. The extra memory would go into kind of keeping track of everyone's uh, inventory, keeping track of item locations, and helping with that persistent world across the different uh, players. So in theory, you could like hand over the disc to your friend and be like, I lost my favorite fucking shovel in the middle of the dungeon. Can you help me get it? And you'd play together. But when the disc drive was kind of uh, kaput, when they kind of gave up on it, um, it did make it to Japan, but even the games that like made it there really didn't have to be there. They had to drastically scale back. So they started kind of focusing on what they could pull off and what actually made the game unique. And through this winnowing process, what really stuck around was the little tasks, was the community, was the the customization more so than what people traditionally associated with a A to B plot-driven game, Mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. I find fascinating. The idea of, like, bosses and dungeons and Animal Crossing was, like, a mind-blower for me when I read about that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. So they solved the real-time clock issue with the game pack cartridge by putting its own real-time clock into the cartridge, essentially. Yeah, and the way that they swapped out the, uh, the memory for the disk drive was the N64 controller pack, which... I don't remember having. I had an N64, and the only thing that ever stuck into my controller was the Rumble Pack, but it was basically the N64's answer to uh, memory cards. And so, even if you, so without having to haul the whole system over, if you had the uh, controller pack memory card, you can load up your village, you can load up items, you can do that. And so, you would come by. And if you visited your friend, you would bring your controller pack along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it, it was this game is co-directed, by the way, by Hisashi Nogami, who graduated from the design department of the Osaka University of Arts in 94, then joins Nintendo, first working on Super Mario 2 Yoshi's Island as a character designer. He's a big Yoshi guy. He ends yeah. up uh, working on a When you think of that Yoshi aesthetic and how that childlike kind of cuteness, you can draw the line with him. Over to Animal Crossing. Ah, ah. So uh, you also have Katsumi Totaka composing the music. Uh, this was his uh, on the on the very first game. He also did games like Luigi's Mansion and Wii Sports. The music's so important to this game. I find it's subtle as hell, but it is mm-hmm. such. It, you need that relaxing vibe in the music to to get i think this whole thing across well i love the fact that the music is time-based that like they set out different moods Uh that you know early morning is like a little more energetic and late at night is kind of jazzier and smoother we could do a whole episode on kazumi totaka but i think the most obvious thing that you could ever you know that you can do when we're talking about Animal Crossing is the fact that he is the direct inspiration for the character K.K. Slider, <laughs> who is kind of a series mascot in a way. Mm. Like he's he's the first face you see when you crack open the game for GameCube and in New Horizons, actually, now that I think about it. Um, he's just this calming, 
white-haired dog with big eyebrows, and he's oddly naked, which I just realized doing research for this episode. He is buck naked in an in a world where even the raccoon, even the tanuki is wearing at least an apron for modesty. This guy is just like think of the bear dog asshole on his on that little stool that he always Ugh. plays on. So just gross. just really awful. He you know, he introduces the game. He actually says in the beginning of Animal Crossing for GameCube like, "Hey, you're moving to a new place. Maybe you'll make some friends, maybe you won't. This is an important time in your life. I know it's stressful." Like he lays out the thesis statement of the games when you open it up. And on Saturday evenings, I believe it's Saturdays, he shows up to your town and you can like listen to individual songs, you can make requests and I there's so many Animal Crossing songs that or specifically KK Slider songs that I love so much. Uh Agent KK is an amazing one. Uh Mary, can you just play a little bit of that? Make sure it's the live version, not the radio version. Oh, God, so good. Just that Just love it. The legends are true. My overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Now, people who did play this game for the first time with its original entry in the series must be really confused that we're talking about the N64 so much. Well, that's because it was originally released on the N64 in Japan, and that is in Mm. 2001. And that was actually the last Nintendo game released on the console. Uh, And it was released as Dobutsu no Mori, a.k.a. Animal Forest. Eventually, it was ported, though, this game to the GameCube using the console's own internal clock to keep the time and had extra features that they were unable to put into the game. And that is the version that you played if you played the very first game. And uh, with this being the case, the passage of time could affect the game even between sessions, unlike with the N64 and the cartridge. Uh, It had the slogan, the real-life game that's playing even when you're not. And when it was localized for the U.S., the translators had a huge undertaking, not just with the translation, but also adding different holidays that applied to folks outside of Japan, among other little details that took them forever to translate this game to America because of an insane amount of dialogue. Also, though, because they had to completely change the holidays and all of that stuff. It just... It was... Crazy undertaking. Oh, it's there's it's more than that. It's uh, this was a t- at a time when Nintendo was especially keen on excising anything that kind of uh, smelled a little too Japanese. Um, you know, anything that could be alienating to foreign audiences. And the base town in Animal Crossing sixty four. Uh, you know, there was a shrine. The all the municipal symbols were like clearly. You know, the Japanese post office symbol was there. Um, there were, you know, holidays like Golden Week and stuff that we just don't have in the West. Even with all that, there's so much Japanese culture. Uh, the small town kind of energy of Animal Crossing is kind of that of a Japanese town more so than like an American town. And it's it's weird what like had to make the cut and what didn't. For example, uh, Holden, do you know why the furniture and like the items are represented by like little leaves in the game? No, I did not, Jake. So this is just like, just a baseline thing is in Japanese, like, yokai mythology, the uh, tanuki, the raccoon dog, 
can transform itself and transform things and do like funny illusions, mostly to prank humans. Like, you know, uh, you see a pretty girl like bathing in a river and you're like, ha cha cha cha. So you go in for a cheeky little squeeze. I assume this is a Japanese myth. And <laughs> poof, turns out it was just a tanuki with a leaf on his head because he used magical leaves to transform himself and make you look like a weird fucking idiot. <laughs> so the idea is that because Tom Nook is a tanuki, all of the items and maybe the entire economy of Animal Crossing is just an illusion made through his magic. That's so funny. I also realized that I'm guessing Thomas Nook Tanuki is mm-hmm. essentially just like a play on that. Thomas Nook, of course, a raccoon in the American version, not a Tanuki. And there's no context for raccoons and leaves, like all that stuff. Even the fact that um, another thing about Tanukis is they have giant fucking testicles that they use for various... You know, they'll wield them like a like a hammer or they'll like uh, in the in that Ghibli film all about Tanukis. They use them as parachutes, mm. giant fucking swinging balls on Tanukis. And that's <laughs> why Tom Nook wears a uh, a, a apron, a, a very modest apron to cover that specific area in the early. You also have the ordinary mole, Mr. Rossetti, who calls you out for resetting the game without saving. Iguchi said about him, our intent was to create kind of a parallel world, a world that's kind of similar to your own, but also different. There are people in your real life that you like and some that you don't like. There are different personalities that you were drawn to and others that you might want to stay away from. Also, people look different. So all of the characters in the game are created to look different. So, which is understandable, but also this is my, one of my favorite Gucci quotes about how the town represents your own values. Your town becomes a reflection of your values. The time you spent, the time you spend on relationships reflects how much you value that relationship. As someone creates their their town, it's a reflection of their values. And when you show it to people, it should be something that you want to show off to people. It's something that you should be proud of. And as you show it off. You see what other people have done with their spaces. That will also shape the way you feel about your own town. It should be this kind of automatic feedback mechanism when you play with another person and see what they've done, which I think is really great. I do see that so much, especially now with the social media shit. I'm seeing a ton of people posting their, their inside of their houses, posting their towns, and posting their fashion in all these ways that really says, this is me, look, internet, this is me in this digital world. And I think it's very exciting and fun to see that going off right now. And also, it makes me realize, like, oh, man, people know how to play this game a lot better than me. I'm, like, so far behind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, there's there's two kinds. Of, there's, you know, the, the people that put the work in to actually, like, harvest all of the uh, materials, who, who see all the roadblocks that the game is putting in front of you, especially New Horizons. Um, uh-huh. All the roadblocks that the game is kind of putting in front of you to kind of make you stagger your experience. And they're just fucking jumping over them like, like Olympic athletes. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. They, they know how to game the system so well and, and get exactly what clothing they want and everything. You're just like, what the fuck? I didn't even, how where that exists. Okay. Not only that, but like if you're a hardcore fan, there's all sorts of kind of cross promotional cross functionality between the different versions and spinoff games. It's, it's nuts. Um, before we get too far from it, I just want to talk about how um, Animal Crossing for the GameCube was an early kind of triumph for Nintendo's Treehouse division, mm. which was a specific um, localization team that was brought in. Oddly enough, they actually started as uh, as working for under Donkey Kong Country to kind of make sure it wasn't too British. Huh. Uh, because the Treehouse is where Donkey Kong lived, that's where the team got its code name. And their whole thing is... You know, not just being a rote translation team. You know, uh, early video games are full of horrendous translation errors, weird spelling mistakes, or just unexplainable cross-cultural references that completely fly over Americans' heads. And so the Treehouse team was brought together specifically so they could be a uh, team of conscious creatives, like actual writers that are trying to kind of, you know, if a joke doesn't work in English, they'll rewrite the joke and hopefully find something that actually captures the spirit of it. If something is standing out as too esoteric, they'll try and make it more relatable to a broader audience. And with a game like Animal Crossing, this is a Herculean task. Like, even the most simple games have, you know, uh, there's more dialogue, there's more written script 
for Animal Crossing New Horizons than Infinite Jest. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, it's insane. So they had to really work overtime to make this work. And it was kind of uh, the Treehouse really pushed hard for this game uh, before they even uh, had the chance to localize it. Uh, this is uh, Tim O'Leary, who is a uh, veteran translator for Nintendo. We actually had one N64 cartridge with the original Animal Crossing that we would pass around because we only had one working ROM, and it was super addictive. We all thought it was incredibly cute. The gameplay was, it seemed simple, but maybe not what you're used to. I have to say every morning we fought because we literally fought to get the game first because you go to the store and there's only one shovel and if someone buys the shovel, everyone would have to wait till it was their turn to get a shovel. <laughs> and so uh, the game was like a, a late N64 release, but it did do well. And so that gave them the push to re-release it for the GameCube, which had its own internal clock, just like the disk drive was supposed to and it actually did well it sold uh, 92,500 copies its first week on sale in japan as uh what was it uh dobutsu no mori plus mm, yes they 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 brought it back over oh no no wait no we, we got we got the uh we got the timeline mixed up first there was the n64 version yeah then there was uh dobutsu no mori plus for the gamecube and that's what the treehouse like got finally got the go ahead to localize Okay, And then that did so well and had so much unique stuff that then it br- got brought back to Japan as, uh, was it, Nomori E plus, plus E? And that had like e-reader functionality and just all the quality of life changes and even just the, the happier dialogue and new characters that they introduced in the localization got brought back to Japan. I also like the players could collect up to 15 NES games in the first Animal Crossing. They're found throughout the island, given by villagers, and even were doled out via special giveaways from the Nintendo website. These include a balloon fight, Donkey Kong, Excite Bike, Punch-Out, and Wario, uh, Wario's Woods. And uh, yeah, they, they, uh, I thought that was interesting. Up to four players could take turns creating their own houses in a single village and had a tra- uh, traveling system so that each player could visit each other's villages, but required an additional memory card to save travel data. Uh, and so the GameCube version ends, the uh, Animal Crossing, as we know and love it, uh, ends up selling 1.68 million copies in the United States. So the franchise has legs. It is enshrined as mm-hmm. a not just a weird experiment, but like a thing that is part of Nintendo's catalog. I think it's largely because because of this quote from Iguchi. It's not just a leisure town. It's a town with a to-do list. But the to-do list shouldn't feel like bad pressure, if that makes sense. It's good stress, as opposed to real-world bad stress. And that's going to come into play later when I talk about how this is very helpful for people with anxiety and depression. Next, let's talk about Jake's favorite do you like this better you like this better than new horizons even or it's just the first one you played so it's the one you're gonna always look back it's the first one i played and it's although when new leaf came out i still was like oh man i miss wild world even actually on before new horizons even came out when i got an android phone one of the first things i did was install an emulator for the ds and just started a new playthrough of wild world so i'm gonna say you know what john wick style yeah i'm thinking i like wild world (laughs) Uh, what is it about Wild World that you love so much? So um, let, let me let me break it down. Uh, here's a quote from, with uh, Katsuya Iguchi. When we started working on Wild World, we decided we were going to get rid of the things that were region specific. That being said, we didn't want to make it bland. We wanted to make it worldwide and multicultural. So for things like the fish and the bugs, rather than uh, have things that are local to any area, we went with things that people who are interested in fish and bugs would collect, things you'd see in a museum. Wild World kind of solidified so many things that made the game great. The fact that your one little village has just infinite amounts of wildlife and fauna and things to discover. A huge thing, I really think, is the handheld form factor. The DS was perfect for this game because you can kind of just close it, put it in your pocket and open it back up and like start playing at a different hour. The touch interface made typing uh selecting items organizing things so much easier to the point where i really miss it in new horizons it's it feels like the game was almost built more for a touchscreen than uh controllers uh especially i don't know if you i don't know if you've been experiencing this but like when you need to dig holes or like pick things at a specific spot and your character is just kind of rotated like one degree to the left or right and it just goes for something else isn't it like it's super frustrating in new horizons 
You didn't have that in Wild World because you could just tap on the thing you wanted. They also kind of changed the perspective on the game. They introduced that kind of rolling horizon kind of thing where um, they've done YouTube videos where they kind of broke the code and checked and, you know, you can zoom out and see the game as it renders. And the whole world kind of uh, gets popped in on the on this cylinder, this kind of co- this cone that rotates as you move around. Plus, with the dual screens, you could kind of keep track of different things. The Having the sky above you on the top screen while you're running around was like oddly soothing. I don't know. I think it was, and they added the cafe. And I love the goddamn cafe. <laughs> and it does well. It sells uh, 92,000 copies in its first week. Hisashi Nogami uh, is the sole director, technically, of this one. Iguchi was just a producer. This was where, like, it was no longer Animal Forest in Japan and Animal Crossing in America, really. Everything was kind of, each game was now kind of made to be this singular entity with, like, as much parity as possible between the, all the world's versions. Did you run into the red tulips? I did not. What is the red tulips? The notorious bug, red tulips, an item if you placed on the floor in the player's house, it would create an invisible wall that made the spot useless. Also, uh, if once accessed online, it could corrupt save files. It was this huge, huge deal. They had to, like, issue an apology and all this stuff. And so, yeah, so stay away from the red tulips, Jake. Like, I'm surprised you never dealt with that. That was a notorious bug. Oh, there were also, like, racial slurs in the catchphrases. <laughs> Something. Uh, yeah, you know, you're going to miss a couple of things, especially with a, with a script that long. I actually did not get that far into what was a major feature of Wild World, which was the introduction of Wi-Fi connectivity. Uh, you know, the fact that... This little thing in your hand, this DS, had Wi-Fi functionality and, you know, you didn't have to sign up for Nintendo Switch Online. You didn't have to install any side apps. You could just get online and start playing with friends and doing different things. Was an incredible, like, futuristic feat in my eyes at the time. I think a lot of the Animal Crossing games, but I felt this the most with Wild World because I was always on and off again with it, is if you didn't play for a while, your town would get overgrown with, like, weeds and like giant corpse flowers and all these horrible things and all of your villagers would like walk up to you and be like where were you i missed you it was like a solid guilt trip (laughs) yeah so they really did a lot of things with um the wi-fi connection it very it was a very it's it's kind of insane how we kind of took a step back from the old nintendo wi-fi connection but they added more stores they added better customization for designs and so people could customize their clothing you got more rooms, you got all sorts of things. It's It really was an effective game for me. And uh, it was perfect for the DS hardware. Like that low poly aesthetic uh, just looked beautiful on that screen. Mm. So after that comes City Folk. Did you fuck with City Folk much? That was the one that came out for the Wii. I feel like this one was not as popular. Am I am I right in that? I mean, it, it's, it sold well in Japan, but... How do I? Yeah, it just didn't set people on fire the same way. I think a lot of people were kind of uh, who had loved Wild World and played it inside and out, kind of opened it up for the first time, and um, it just didn't. It didn't have bring enough new to the table. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, Western reviews kind of docked it for being kind of just too much of the same, not enough new. The the addition of the city mechanic, it didn't, you know, it was just the same shops and stuff that, you know, you would have in your normal village, but now you have to go to a separate place. Yeah, I never touched it. it just the underwhelming reviews and the underwhelming response kind of, um, kind of just kept me away. Uh, I will say that it did introduce a lot of community aspects. You know, the interactivity was a lot better uh, you could have visitors, you could have uh, the We Speak feature to like chat with people. You know, when there were holidays or special events, your friends could play with you where in previous games that didn't work out right. They also had motion controls, but nobody's a fan of motion controls. Well, that was the thing. I mean, this is the time with the crazy Wii nonsense integration stuff that didn't quite work in a lot of ways. You've also had the city that you could go to. So you, you have, you're still in a little village, but you could go into the city and get haircuts and visit the theater and purchase items and things. I think that was the, the new addition to the franchise with this entry, but didn't seem like and it was a ton, ton different. I do like that you could also transfer your character from Wild World over to this game via Wi-Fi from your DS to your Wii. I will say that uh, a lot of the things that I'm loving in New Horizon, the fact that 
each island kind of exists uh, within the universe. That, you know, every player's uh, creation is legitimate and you kind of visit their towns and you visit their, or in New Horizons' uh, case, new their islands. Uh, a lot of that, all of that was pretty much enshrined in City Folk. Ah. So, like, if you've been playing online, if you've been going over to different people's islands, if you've been having fun with that aspect of the game, you have City Folk to thank for that. I think more importantly is the next entry in the series, because with New Leaf, you get a new director in Aya Kyogoku, a woman, which I think is very important. Uh, It should should be noted that uh, even from the original Animal Crossing, they had an unprecedented number of women on staff to help design that. Mm -hmm. Uh, For a small, like, kind of side game, kind of, you know, under the radar for Nintendo corporate, I think uh, the the number was like they had seven women designers on staff working on that game. Mm-hmm. And that trend continued into New Horizons as well, especially with the bringing on uh, Kyogoku. Kyogoku got her start in the gaming industry back in 2000 with Atlas, actually. Atlas, who did Persona, among many other RPGs and the like. Then she joined Nintendo in 2003, working as a scriptwriter for The Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures, which became a huge cult hit, and Twilight Princess. Then she moved over to Animal Crossing as a sequences director in City Folk. She also, with co-director Isao Moro, wanted to take things in a slightly new direction and spitballed a lot of ideas, quote, out of a sort of desperation. According to Kyogoku, such as adding panic for gold in the river alongside fishing and bug catching, which were shot down. But uh, but at the same time, she said, we hit upon a theme for this new title quite early on. This was the idea of being able to arrange lamps and benches, build bridges, essentially being able to make the whole town. And in the old titles, one could only customize the interior of their home, and outside was limited, like mainly just to planting trees and flowers. And Awada said, uh, President Awada, uh, ex-president. This was, this was, uh, you're about to make, this is an amazing, I think if you're going to say it, uh, this is from the, maybe one of the best resources for Nintendo, uh, history, uh, especially for a company as secretive as Nintendo, the old Iwata asks columns from the, Mm -hmm. from the Nintendo website where, you know, this is, Satoru Iwata was like there from day one on development on the Famicom. And so he has like this very holistic view of the entire history of Nintendo. And he's was incredibly trusted and loved by Nintendo staff. So these interviews are surprisingly frank, surprisingly uh, informative. And on, if there's any Nintendo game that you've cared about for the past 30 years, chances are there's an Iwata asks about it and you mm-hmm. will learn something from it. He said, whereas players might not have wanted to show off their homes, they will now want to show off their towns. And it is later in development that they come up with the player being the mayor, which serves this concept so well. The player could also pass ordinances and laws to get shops to open earlier or later in the day, which helped mold the game to the player's personal play schedule. Like I said, I'm having a hard time playing this game during daylight hours just because of my personal schedule. So uh, I totally get it. I think it's such a smart idea. I, I, I love this exchange from one of the Iwata interviews about Animal Crossing. Um uh, he asks, uh, was the idea of having the player become the mayor one that you came up with early on? And uh, Kyogoku says, uh, no, we actually added that quite a bit later. Uh, for the first year, uh, Eguchi, uh, Nogami, Moro, uh, and I were all talking in a small group and we were worried that uh, if we just said, oh, you can place all kinds of things around the town in the new Animal Crossing game, then people wouldn't understand that they just think it was a simple single element and not like a bold new feature. So... Uh, During this process, uh, this is still Kiyogoku saying, uh, we were preparing to make a presentation to Shigeru Miyamoto and Takashi Tezuka, who uh, we've talked about before, Key in the Legend of Zelda series. And we started to wonder how we could sum up these new ideas in a single keyword or concept. Uh, And Iwata says, and that pitch ended up being... The player is the mayor. <laughs> Player's the mayor. Yeah, I totally Player I remember, is the mayor. I totally remember that It was insane how like <laughs> hype people were just to be show up to an Animal Crossing game and have cute little Isabel, the yellow dog we all know and love, be like, uh, you're the mayor now. <laughs> the legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Being the mayor not only means you can add a bridge or add a lamppost or something, it means that you can like change the town to suit your needs. You can change the business hours for all the stores in the game if you play at night. You can, uh, you know, basically, you know, get new services and new things in the town that you like first instead of having to like wait till, you know, the the exact thing you want to open up opens up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just the status, just the comedy of being a small town mayor. The, the amount of customization where now it's not just your house, but now your whole town is an expression of yourself. Uh, it takes, you know, jumps the, the, the stakes from, from city folk. And now, uh, the focus is really more on customization than just kind of like chilling with like community and just communicating with people. Because again, this harkens back to the whole, you know, besides just the peaceful, gameplay process being a way to just relax and alleviate anxiety and whatnot. Also, though, there's such an element, again, of trying to figure out better ways to make the town as a whole and your home and everything be a representation of who you are, which I think is such a cool, interesting concept and something that they're constantly tweaking. And now it's like, I, it's crazy. Like I, I went on, I, I, I've been changing up my looks and things to be one thing, but I'll go on and I'll see like a, my goth friend on Facebook has <laughs> has found this insane witchy stuff and like totally made their whole town look like a, a goth dream. You know what I mean? Which is like hilarious to me because I don't even know where that stuff exists. Like, but she was able to seek all that stuff out. It's kind of fascinating. Or my other friend, or not friend, actually, is just somebody I follow on Twitter, turned his entire home, he's a huge wrestling fan, he turned his entire inside of his home into a wrestling ring, complete with wallpaper that is like a moving wrestling crowd. It's like crazy. Like I'm like, where does this shit even exist? It's it's insane. His bed is a wrestling ring. Like it's fucking nonsense. Another thing that I really uh, that just just because I don't know where else to insert this into the episode is uh, New Leaf uh, made a return to Animalese, which was uh, there's two main kind of methods of audio communication within the Animal Crossing series uh, referred to in game as Animalese or BBBs. Mm. Animalese is, uh, you know, uh, they've actually, if you slow down the audio from Animal Crossing New Horizons and the original Animal Crossing and New Leaf, they're actually using real speech synthesis. You know, have you ever noticed how you can make out like individual words sometimes and how like it's kind of creepy and weird when you can like hear your own name fall in the gibberish? Right. So uh, they take audio samples and break it up into these tiny little phonemes and like individual little parts of speech speed it up and chop it up so uh you know what should be just the little like when you're playing an old rpg you know that just generic dot 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 noise when uh they're displaying text actually becomes a very crude and abstracted form of speech synthesis but in games like uh city folk and wild world they didn't add that because again they wanted parity between the two games uh between all the versions of the game so uh, in Wild World, my beloved, it's just like like it's it's nonsense. The reason is you have to make specific animalese for English and Japanese because oddly enough, in Japanese, as we've discussed in the Hatsune Miku episode, Japanese is oddly super easy to make speech synthesizers out of because the language is broken down into those like syllable vowel pairs. You know, Kokutaka Haka Gucci. Uh, I hope that wasn't racist. Maybe. Who knows? 
They also put region-specific holidays back into the game and variations on shared ones, such as eating New Year noodles in the Japanese version and drinking sparkling cider in the North American one, that, which I think is fun. I know that that's, that's still more of a big thing. Like Now variation and complexity and detail is, is tantamount for entries in the series, I feel like, and people would complain if they didn't have all of those tiny little details in there. Mm-hmm. So the game is released in 2013 on the 3DS. Upon release to Iwata's surprise, they found that the first three weeks of sales were primarily to 19 to 24-year-old girls, which got Nintendo to totally reevaluate their marketing strategies. Kogoku said, In my years at Nintendo, I have come to discover that when there are women in a variety of roles on the project, we, you get a wider range of ideas. And originally she talked about how she would not be surprised to find herself the only female on a team. And now they make an effort, especially with the Animal Crossing games, to have an even amount of men and women on that team for the, especially those games. So this led to uh, Kyogoku's spinoffs. They they wanted Kyogoku to develop spinoffs that were more geared towards women. I believe the first came, the first that came was Happy Home Designer, which was inspired by Kyogoku and team's own process of designing the interiors of homes for the animals in these villages. She said, we had to think about what kind of things would this animal like? What kind of life do they lead? Trying to figure out what they'd want was very fun. And we tried to think of a way we could get this kind of experience to players as well. Which I think is a really novel concept. Like, uh, it's, and that the whole game's based on, yeah, pleasing the animals in your town by picking out the right stuff for them that suit their personality. Then there's also Amiibo Festival, which was Kyogoku's way to get Animal Crossing Amiibo made by Nintendo. It was just them trying to get them to make Amiibos right. <laughs> for it for AC. Which now, those if you fell for those ami- Amiibo cards and those Amiibos, like, oh man, you are king of shit mountain now <laughs> playing New Horizons. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it, Amiibo Festival is a board game that works as a sister game to Happy Home Designers so that houses designed and the latter appear in the former game. Of course, no, both, neither of these games really did well and were, were you know, they, yeah, they were both kind of not, pan, yeah, they're kind of panned and, uh, but, but still cool concepts. Happy Home Designers sounds like actually it could be a lot of fun. Uh, then you have Pocket Camp and Pocket Camp is going to be important for moving into New Horizons because New Horizons takes a little from that free-to-play mobile game concept where the player is decorating a campsite rather than a town and it does have a microtransaction currency called leaf tickets which reduce in-game timers or allow one to craft things that needed materials i don't have a ton on pocket camp did you ever fight you fucked with it right i fucked with it but the 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 monetization the the free-to-playness of it i just couldn't gel with it it wasn't what i i I never really got into the uh customization shit even like on my most deep dives into wild world my house was just like cool shit i just wanted lying around next to me Uh like it was i never got that far into it um i kind of just like the the quiet kind of existence within the town yeah i i didn't fuck with it and you know there was a lot of early frustrations with the way the payment was set up like all free mobile games they kind of loosened up a little as the game went on and then then they also introduced like weird like subscription pay schemes i just i couldn't deal with it it was just not what i came to animal crossing for and you know i just figured uh when the next one comes around i'll pick that up not realizing that it was going to be a solid like eight years since new leaf came about right well they definitely had folks in mind whose first game was pocket camp when they developed Nook Miles for New Horizons. The Nook Miles concept. I think that Nook Miles is the thing that is actually making me a fan of New Horizons, and I don't know if I would enjoy an Animal Crossing game if it weren't for the Nook Miles thing, which is essentially that you you get points, you get, get, uh, yeah, Nook Miles for doing pretty much anything in the game, for catching fish, for... for, catching bugs for doing any little thing you'll get these points these miles and you redeem them for different items and stuff they actually help you pay off initially your uh, your move-in fee to the island they're incredibly important to to the game and for me they they give me just that they give me that carrot that that mm-hmm. keeps me going especially in the early portions of New Horizons. I really appreciate the Nook Mile thing, and I'm not sure I would enjoy it as much if I didn't have 
Nook Miles adding up as I go in the game because they they were made just to give people like me the basic knowledge of of here are things you can do in the game here are you know and and we'll reward you for doing those things so just boom nailed it for me with that stuff I think that that is so important every I, I haven't I haven't like gone to another person's island or anything um again this is Kyogoku and team trying to shake things up by starting you out on a deserted island with very little development on it to start and again these are things that are new to this game that I ha- d- did not realize until I started doing the research on the whole series that I think about it now and I'm like, oh, I would hate it if the town was already super developed. I would hate it mm. if I didn't have the Nook Miles that are guiding me and rewarding me through doing the basic actions in the game. You know what I mean? Oh, see, as a as a fan who's already like down with it, I've been like a little eye-rolly at the way they... Like, uh, Kyogoku says that, you know... Uh, this this was her justific- justification was uh, with the Animal Crossing. Se- this is a quote uh, with the Animal Crossing series. We've always had players moving to a new location that already existed. We wanted to give them a new experience and thought that a deserted island would be perfect. With this theme, players can enjoy getting a foothold on a new life and developing the island themselves. As you progress, new residents will appear and new facilities will be built. And eventually it'll start to feel like an familiar Animal Crossing life. In other words, you can enjoy this phase before the place becomes a village. Um, I just want the village. I just like, <laughs> I, I want like all the, the, the yeah, fact I like that the all the t- you don't get all the tools at first. Mm-hmm. The Nook Miles are compelling. It is a solid dopamine hit. It's definitely resulted in like the, okay, just five more minutes because I'm like, I've almost caught enough fish to like right. get that just enough Nook Miles so I can just get a ticket to an island so I can just get the iron so I can just craft the next thing. Uh, it, you know, they've learned from uh, free to play design on how to keep things uh, uh, addictive and kind of questy that, you know, the stuff we, the world of Warcraft effect, basically, you know, the quest, right. the quest line, you know, I get why it's there. It's not, uh, it's not hurting me, but I don't know. I just, I, it's, it's the, this stage I'm, you know, obviously we're, talking about this within the first two weeks of release. Uh-huh. So like this, this proto stage of the Island, I almost want to skip to, I just want to be like, no, just give me, give me the stuff. I want the stuff. Right. I, I appreciate it. If it what if it didn't start out so simple and it didn't give me the carrot of Nook Miles, I don't know if I would quite be as into it, I think, which is interesting as those are. What do you think about the crafting? Um, It's interesting. Craft, it's- crafting added as a key component to give players, quote, a new relationship with nature, as Kyogoku put it. Uh, I like the idea of recipes kind of being more freely given than uh, just items that, you know, you can go searching around and you can find new recipes and develop new recipes. I am enamored with the fact that when you do get a new recipe card, your character just looks at it and yeah. says, Huh. Okay. <laughs> Which is like, like, oh, cool. Now I know how to do this. I don't know. That just that tickles me, and right. that's such a profound way that I I can barely put into words. But the crafting is fine. Uh, it's definitely a new. It definitely feels new. It's definitely it's uh, definitely a new system that I have to kind of master and understand. So it definitely helps make the game feel uh, novel in that way. Uh, yeah, I'm not mad at crafting. Not uh, and I love the Nook phone. Uh, yeah, the Nook phone's awesome. What about the couch? Have you done much couch co-op? I've been almost exclusively doing couch. Uh, Marie is the island rep, the resident representative of our island, and uh, I kind of uh, will help her uh, gather, you know, resources and help her explore. When like Gulliver, who's the uh, pelican who ends up shipwrecked on your island in, a, in all the games. Uh, comes over it's easier to hunt down all the communicator pieces because we're both playing Mm -hmm. it just adds a new dimension it's just it's just fun and helpful uh to play along with someone and the idea that we're sharing an island the idea that this is a living space and something you know i can like play a little in the morning and like oh i know uh this this is you know i'm a romantic at heart uh oh i'm gonna gather some iron because i know she wants to build that outdoor furniture set and then leave it at her doorstep and like when she goes into play i'll just hear in the other room go like oh <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah and you know it's yeah and we can trade items and like you know we're looking out for each other it's very wholesome very mm-hmm. very wholesome mm-hmm. which is nice yeah for sure well i'm definitely enjoying new horizons i think it is a great entry in the series We'll see where things get. I definitely looked at a Animal Crossing game on Twitch right before we started. And man, 
those I, I'm like, wow, this is crazy how <laughs> how far you can get with this game in terms of your island makeup and everything where they have like they've got like a in, they're going through the industrial revolution right now in their game. And I'm like, wow, I have so basic in mind for because I haven't had a ton of time with it. What makes animal one of the things that makes Animal Crossing unique is the idea that um, it's not a game as much as, you know, it almost feels like crafting, not right. like video game crafting where you have to gather eight wood and two diamonds. Which it has like that Like actual, as well. like, sitting down and, like, uh, crocheting right. or scrapbooking. Right. It's an activity that is calming and peaceful and meditative and something that you can, like, when you're stressed out, kind of lose yourself in and feel productive and build things. It's, um, there's two stories that, while we're on this topic, I kind of got to get into and that is, uh, number one, the uh, viral comic that uh, spread across the internet years and years ago that still gets kind of brought up every time someone's talking about Animal Crossing, where uh, it was translated from Korean, but it's about the uh, guy who bought Animal Crossing for his uh, sick mother who had always had health issues and how she would get obsessed with the game. And, you know, uh, she was stricken with multiple sclerosis. She was homebound. And it was a way to communicate with them. With, uh, with her kids, and she kind of just just sunk hours and hours, and you know, to the point of, like, entire years of her life playing this game, even after her kids stopped playing. Um, and, you know, the heart-wrenching turn, where in the comic, her mother eventually passes away, and feeling nostalgic, the, the you know, the, the narrator of the comic plugs in the game and discovers that throughout all the years he stopped playing, his mom had been sending him gifts the entire time. Mm. Uh, you know, always with a little note that just said, hey, thought you'd like this present. Love, mom. Wow. And how it kind of like made him burst into tears. Uh, the creators are aware of it and, you know, said that it was very heartwarming that this project of theirs could affect so many people's lives. If you look up sad Animal Crossing comic, you'll know exactly what this <laughs> is. Half of you are like crying already because I just reminded you of it. <laughs> also, there's there's an open debate on whether or not the character, the narrator in the comic confused his um actual mother's gifts with the fact that there's an in-game mom who also like sends you letters in all the games uh-huh. yeah totally which very realistically when you move to a new town you know letters and contact with your with your parents and your family uh are like lifelines and then you know as you get more ingrained into the town it's always kind of like yeah okay whatever mom <laughs> when right. you see a letter in your mailbox that's funny in 2019 a tweet went viral where a guy shared that his 87-year-old grandmother had sunk 3,500 hours into the game. Wow. With an average playtime of an hour and a half apiece, having played continuously since 2014. You can see tours of her little town, and uh, they actually started a crowdfunding campaign to buy her a Switch when it came out. And as a weird little twist, uh, there is a character that was added to New Horizons called Audie, who shares, uh, that was the in-game name of the grandma. And people are thinking it might be an homage to her. Nice. Yeah. So my my final bit is just about how, of course, things, at the time of this recording, we're, we're going through a global pandemic. And this game, I think, could not have come out at a better time. Uh, and I know, there's one quote from producer Hisashi Nogami that says, I'm very disheartened and saddened by the events happening across the world. Considering the timing, we hope that a lot of Animal Crossing fans will use this as an escape so they can enjoy themselves during this difficult time. And I, I started looking into it because I realized... This game has something to it, and I, of course, have not suffered from deep, deep depression. I definitely suffer from anxiety and am suffering from anxiety right uh, right now, for sure. <laughs> so You're doing great, Holden. Thank you. But when So looking into it, of course, with depression, studies show the first thing that can go is maintaining a steady routine, and reinstating one can be a huge help for one to pull out of that. So... As depression has been described as a disconnection from hope and enthusiasm for the future, it's the routine that can bridge that gap. And an Animal Crossing routine is a primary element of the gameplay and can serve as a gateway to getting back into a routine in life. And that's so true because I know for me, it's like, all right, I got to put in a little time with Animal Crossing. Like, I totally feel that. As for anxiety... This is compounded around feeling like a victim to circumstance, whereas the Animal Crossing experience is incredibly predictable. Every time you fire that game up, you know what you're going to get, and it's going to be a peaceful, enjoyable experience. You're going to go chop some trees. You're going to go you know, do some fishing. 
It's just, you can set your watch by it. And there's never going to be like, oh my God, a tornado hit your town. Everything's destroyed. Like it's, you know what I mean? It's not like Civ or something. In the absence of deadlines as well, and, and no true ending, it also makes for a great stress-free escape. People, a lot of anxiety revolves around deadlines, revolves around there being some endpoint that you have to make it to. And also, the player can take some time to do for themselves through the game and escape from the expectations of the outside world for a bit. It's like self-care by just enjoying some Animal Crossing. One testimonial that I really enjoyed, uh, I, I pulled from streamer uh, Fuchsia Rascal. When I started playing New Leaf, I was dealing with a years-long mental breakdown where I lost my job, apartment, and many friends. I developed anxiety on top of my bipolar disorder, but Animal Crossing gave me a healthy outlet and eventually a step back into society. Even on my worst days, loading up the game made me feel better because it was calm and friendly and having daily things to do gave me a sense of structure. Through the game, I found a community of people who dealt with similar issues, and we often talked about how we played Animal Crossing to cheer up and cope with our mental illnesses. Thanks to their friendships and support and our mutual love for such a wonderful game, I eventually improved my mental health and use Animal Crossing these days to talk about experiences with mental illness in my streams. And I just think that's a really beautiful sentiment, and I think it's so true. Because I've never, I honestly don't deal with a lot of anxiety. Lately, I think we all are. And every time I fire up Animal Crossing, I I blink, and it's two hours later, and mm -hmm. everything seems to have washed away, at least for a little while. So I highly recommend it if it's something that if you're looking for an answer to uh, your anxiety issues and things like that, I actually highly recommend this new game. It, it really is helpful, even just for a little bit of your day to get that escape. And you can play it in bed. And you can play it in fucking bed. All right. <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's our episode on Animal Crossing. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been a fun-ass romp. I, I really did appreciate learning about this series. If you'd like to follow us more, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew. We've got weekly bonus episodes, just $5 a month. And uh, for all of the people supporting us still, thank you so much for your patronage. We greatly appreciate it. You can find me on twitch.tv forward slash ho. I'm doing streams throughout the week. It's uh, a bonkers ass time. And I hope you'll join me for that. Jake? I just want to shout out for uh, to Sean Aitchison, Aitchison who uh, helped me with research this week. He, you can follow him on Twitter at Sean number eight. You are son. Sean ate your son. Great hot takes. Great uh, freelance writing. Uh, definitely give him a follow. Definitely seek him out. Maybe if you need some nerdy research done. Could not have done this episode without him. Uh, and follow me on Twitter at Best Jake Young. All right. And always remember, never stop bruising. And always be whizzing. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. In a fast-paced world... Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.